Good morning. We are live from London. Welcome, David. Um, I'm Don Marie Elder from Scipio, and we're here today to um, have a little discussion about the Scipio solution, um, what we've brought to market, some of the latest developments, and get some input from David. Yesterday, we were at um, a really interesting event talking about all things direct routing, Operator Connect, lots of technical architecture bits and bytes. So I brought in David today. He is our SVP of digital strategy and operations because I really wanted David to take some of the technology that was discussed and make it real for us from a business standpoint and what it all means. There were a couple of times where there were acronyms had no clue what they were talking about. So right. I just nod and, and smile. So David, welcome. Um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, background, and then about your team at Scipio and how you how you lead everybody. Great. Yes, of course. Um, well, from a uh, um, from a David Spindler perspective, uh, been in the IT industry for about 25, 26 years now. Uh, came over to the telco about three years ago. Before I was at Scipio, uh, uh, I worked as a very large distributor, and I ran all their digital practices around the globe. Um, so a lot of experience in the in the digital space um, from the times when the internet wasn't necessarily the way to go to market <laughs> to the point where <laughs> it is then. way back when. I've been 26 myself most of my life, um, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, you know, a very um, successful career, I think, um, and um, I built a lot of products in that period of time. So you've seen the mistakes, some of the things that have gone on in the marketplace. And one of the challenges in today's space is to keep up with what's going on and trying to understand what is a great mousetrap and what things you probably should avoid. And you don't always get it right, but luckily I've got it right more than I've got it wrong. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And yesterday it seemed like there was just a lot of discussion for some of those mousetraps that people have gotten themselves you know, wrangled into. And it seemed like there are a lot of confusion um, from some of the carriers on which direction to go, because everybody's got a little bit different perspective. And I know Microsoft has a booklet this thick of checkboxes you have to meet. Zoom's got a different one. Others have a different one. So let's talk about um, some of those carriers and why you think from your perspective that the carriers are looking at going down this path, entering into the market of offering their carrier services to enable Teams and Zoom. Well, I think most companies constantly have to think about their relevancy in the marketplace. And I think traditionally in the carrier space, it's been very traditional, somewhat complicated. Um, it's been separated from the IT industry, which has made leaps and bounds over the last few years. And so the carry industry has been pretty status quo for a long time. And then when, of course, the um, COVID kind of hit, um, it changed the world a great deal. And it, sp- it sped up um, this concept and ideas of new stuff you've got to start looking at. Mm-hmm. So carriers are in a place where they've got to start thinking very differently in order to keep up with the Joneses, if you will. And the people behind that um, speed or that exercise of having to catch up, and people like Microsoft, Zoom, Cisco, for example, most of these UC providers. I mean, Volp, as a an example, you know, has been around for a long, long time, but it was never a stable or good product. Today, it's an excellent product. Mm-hmm. And so having a traditional office with PBXs and flashing lights and 
that they are all questioned uh, today. Do you need to use all the functionality and features of your cell phone or do you use five or six features of your cell phone every day? And I'd say five or six features of your cell phone every day. Right. Right. So I think that same methodology and idea is driven by the users. You know, we're all business people, but we're all individual users too. We go home after work and we still do some of the same things that we do in our office, like buy stuff and look up stuff and right. investigate stuff. And I think watch TikTok videos. Yeah, exactly. And I think <laughs> I think that uh, our the society is changing to just in time. And I think carriers have got to think about how do I continue to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're trying to understand. And the fear is is that they make it more complicated than it actually has to be. Sure. Yeah, it seemed like um, a lot of the carriers were really really focused on what's the right stack and are they bringing the right hardware um, to bear as they're looking at building out their solution. Um, But from a development standpoint, do you think starting there on the hardware and the blinking lights and what processing power it has and where it is, is, is the right place? Or is there another angle that they really should be starting out at. Right. I, I've, I've, the challenge is this. They've invested. They've got money in the blinking lights and the hardware, and they're trying to repurpose it, like re- rethink their business. Do, do they start there? No. The problem being is most of them don't have a lot of choice. Mm-hmm. You know, do they go out and reinvent the wheel, um, or do they use the existing wheel they have and adjust it, add rubber to it? Um, change the wood spokes to metal spokes, uh, you know, add bare ball, ball bearings in the middle to make it go faster and slicker. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the challenge. Sometimes you, you, you know, you got that t-shirt in your, in your, in your wardrobe and you, you think, you know, it's such a great t-shirt when I wore it 10 years ago and I'd want to keep it and I can wear it one more time. And then the day when you get to say, yeah, I'm going to wear that, you put it and go, ah, there's a reason why I stopped wearing it 10 years ago. And so, I think that's what the issue is, is that some of the carriers are dealing with infrastructure that is pretty dated. Mm-hmm. And what it's doing is it's, they're, they're overcompensating, um, working around that infrastructure to keep it. When really, at the end of the day, some, in a lot of cases, they've got to really go after this business in a different manner. In fact, maintain their existing business, which they make money on, they make money today, and then ha- really build a division or a strategy that goes after this new business in a more of a digital way. You know, you look at Azure, look at AWS, look at all these uh, companies that are offering cloud type solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the cloud revolution came into play, everybody moved there. And then people like CFOs and had problems with it because they couldn't capitalize anymore. It was all expense, right? So now hybrid cloud came back into play. And I think this is where the carriers have got to play. Where I'm a hybrid cloud solution. I have my hardware and blinking lights and switches and routers and stuff like that to serve a particular need. And then I've got this other business over here, which is extremely agile, pay for what you use, pay for what you get. And so what's happening is that's kind of where they need to start looking. Okay. So I'm not saying you have to dump your strategy. I just think you need to have, close your eyes for a second, think of it as what the costs would be to make it relevant for today and then really ask yourself a real tough question. Do I need to make it relevant or do I, do I need to start um, transitioning? Sure. There is a joke in my family. My husband had a t-shirt that he wore forever and I used to say it was so thin it only had one side. <laughs> right, yeah. 
So tell me a little bit um, about how you think um, taking some of the carrier's concerns and using what they have with the ball bearings and the blinking lights and repurposing, like how do you think about that when you're building the Scipio solution in terms of can you repurpose anything that they have that they're bringing with them or do you need to walk them back and kind of get them to start anew? Yeah, and I, you know, I think really that's what Scipio's value is. Um, we are asking the carriers to change what is very sound. It's, you know, it's made of brick and mortar and it does a great job and it just works. There's nothing wrong with just works. Mm-hmm. What Scipio brings to the table is that agility on the front. You know, so, you know, as a carrier, if I wanted to expand into another country, as an example, in the traditional model, they would go out and invest a pile of cap- capital money right. and they'd buy a pile of hardware. And the regulations. And right. Like and then they'd have to figure out, do I have a business model to pay for it? Mm. When there's so much competition out there of that agility of that agility side. So where carriers really see it, can really expand their business and get and take a hold of that business is by leveraging or, you know, I think the old, do I buy it? Do I rent it? Do I build it? Right. Uh, well, you can buy something, go out and buy a company. Yeah, that's one way of handling it, but it comes with a pile of other stuff. Can you build it? Sure, of course you can. It's going to take you a while to build that infrastructure. And time, which is now, you know, the market is the market is, is so poised. Um, if you don't get in now, it's like you're, really, you're missing the real estate market. You right. know, you're missing it. Right. Or do I rent and figure out, is that what I want to do? Is this kind of my proof case? Is this my POC to prove that this is a good idea? And I think that's kind of where Scipio comes into play, where, you know, they can let the carry can bring in their infrastructure, connect it into the Scipio world um, just by doing peering, et cetera, uh, using APIs to digitize that business and then ultimately leverage the, you know, the infrastructure of people like Scipio. And I think that's where that is the easy go-to-market strategy that they should think about. And it's fast and it's quick and it's inexpensive. Right. Right. Now, I love how you laid that out on the different options. It's almost like you're looking at um, your first house or your first car. Do you lease it? Do you buy it? Yeah. Do you try it out? Do you take the bus, et cetera. So tell us a little bit um, about some of the latest enhancements and features that are like on your desk, cutting room floor, however it is yeah. that you think about it from a development perspective, like right now. Like yeah, I mean, that you're working on right now. Yeah, and I'm not not to offend anybody. I think that everybody in this world is coin operated in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. You know, you go where the opportunities lie. Right. And you know, I've not I'm not a salesperson, but I know what a salesperson's needs or when they ask to ask the question, what's what's my return on that investment in time? Okay. So I think on the on the print floor, as you would say. Uh, probably ideas to further enhance the experience to help uh, make it easy for our partners and, you know, carriers, et cetera, to utilize our products more effectively. Mm. You know, uh, so give an example, you know, the CPQ process, price uh, configure price quote. You know, we um, at Scipio do business in 74 countries and we're required to provide the regulatory requirements to each of them countries. You know, and so what we simply have done is taken their regulatory requirements and exposed them in the CPQ process. So the customer knows oh, when they're buying okay. a product, what they're going to need in order to fulfill that product. Mm-hmm. As an example, now it sounds boring, 
And, you know, when you say it like that, it somewhat is. But what's fun about the CPQ, ask a question, gives you an answer. And so it's like going to um, order a, you know, uh, a, a new car, like for example. And not everybody's a car buyer, but if you were going to buy a brand new car, you have the opportunity to pick your color. You have the opportunity to pick your interior. You have particularly what type of headlights you want or whether you want a spare wheel or, you know, a donut or whatever that may be. So the beauty is, is that that's what CPQ is about, to ask your question. Don Marie, where do you want to go on holiday? Well, I want to go somewhere sun, sunny. Okay, great. These are all the countries that have sun. And then I want to go where there's water. Well, now your list of countries are less because these are all the places that have water. You, you kind of get the idea? Mm-hmm. So CPQ is very much like that. The, so that's one. Um, the second thing is um, what we design as products and services doesn't necessarily mean that that meets the carrier or the MSPs strategy of what they want to sell okay Okay? so we have to be and we've got to adjust and be agile to that Mm -hmm. so while we'll we provide dow tone and we provide pstn services around all these different countries and automation they might want to add physical hardware they might want to add a managed service they want to maybe add a bundle that with the dow tone okay so we give the capability for them to add that type of stuff make it their own we even give them the capability where they can take a product that we have and call it call it their own product, have a different skew, add a different logo. But the guts of it is our Dow Tone in that particular country. Right. And it sounds like you're really thinking every day about how to take the complication out of it. Because I know with the regulatory pieces that you mentioned, uh, I get a lot of feedback that, you know, it can't be that easy. You know, it took us X period of time and X number of dollars and we've got a staff of X number of people that manage all that. So how can you just operationalize it through your portal so easily? And then when your team does the demos, they're like, oh, okay. But it's really hard, I think, sometimes for people to visualize how you bring that to life and how you simplify it. Yeah, you know, I look at it. I mean, everything we do as humans and we try and apply it to ourselves. So here's here's an idea. If you met someone... And you say, how's your day today? And they spend 20 minutes telling you how terrible their day has been. You regret asking the question. <laughs> For sure. Now, so I can tell you that it's easy, uh, that re- managing regulatory requirements in each country is easy. And anybody who's watching this or listen to this would say, you know, the guy's nuts. Right. It's not. And it's not easy. You know, the requirements in each country change all the time. You're constantly being updated. But the consumer doesn't need to know that. And so yeah, our user, job, our right. job is to make it easy to the, for them to give them the impression of that ease. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, while we provide that CPQ process and we give the capability to say, this is what you need, whatever LOA or a CSR or whether you can port or activate on what, how many numbers you have to buy at one time in South Korea, for example, um, as an example, I, it's difficult. But them changes all the time. Now, I don't need to tell you the pain I went through in order to tell you what that change is. Right. You, as a consumer, just want to buy a number in that country. No problem. Let me show you. Don't, you don't have to tell me how. Yeah. How so I'm just picking like. sun or water for my location. That's it. And then you're handling all the details. All the magic some behind. code on the back end that, that I'll never, never see. And then keeping that updated as changes are, are coming down the pike. Yeah, I mean, your question was fully loaded. I mean, there was so many things that the platform that we have uh, does 
you know, we that we could spend a couple of hours just going over it. I mean, we re- what our goal is to provide a business tool to make it simple for a, for right. a business to do sell things at NRC, MRC, MACD, move a number, add a number, activate a number, push it into Teams, pull it out of Teams, put it into Zoom, put it out of Zoom, you know, add a SIP service, hang at SPC. I mean, the list is long and lengthy, but a lot of these things are table stakes. So our goal really is how do we add more value to make us more relevant and help that carry become more relevant in the marketplace. Yeah, it's just interesting to hear how you articulate it versus how we articulate things on the sales and marketing side, because sometimes we gloss over that because we don't see what goes into it to build it and make it simplistic in terms of how it's rendered. So it's interesting to listen to. Yeah, well, to. I mean, one last point. We pick up the phone or we pick up our cell phone and we make a call. Do you really care how that call gets to the other person? Right. Give a thought for a second what it actually does. And it's mind blowing. That just hits the nail on the head for how I viewed the event yesterday because people were looking beyond making that call into all the details of where that call is going and how it's being routed and this and that and whatever before it gets to you. Um, And I'd never sit around and think about that. I just make the, make the call. Right. And and a lot of smart people out there. I mean, there's a lot of smart people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there just seems to be a lot of focus on the, on the how, and I understand that they want to get the how right, but I think sometimes focusing on it then makes it sound complicated and it it doesn't it really is complicated Mm -hmm. i i I don't want to say in any shape or form this business is easy all the things we do is easy our job though is to make it easy to make it look easy yeah to experience simplify it for the customer so they can buy it Mm -hmm. and you know um we have to be careful with that strategy too i mean we we charge prices and today in the in the space that we're in usage is practically being given away being given away and because I think the battle is what you see is done and making a video call is replacing the phone in some respects, mm-hmm. you know, but business is still done with people and people still want to talk to each other. And so that's going to be around for a long, long time. And with, you know, you look at the numbers that Microsoft are publishing, the number of seats that they have, and then the number of people that have Microsoft it is a single digit of the globe. The, right. the, the opportunity is absolutely massive. It is. It is. So tell me a little bit um, from the discussion that we heard yesterday. A lot of it was really focused on Operator Connect from a development standpoint and how you look at the platform and the tools that Scipio has built, you and your team have built. What do you think one of the most compelling things about our platform and our tools are for a carrier that's trying to go down that path of being in Operator Connect? Yeah, well, again, I mean, going back to the simplicity, the ease, let us just do it for you uh, type concept, how we can advise you on the goods and the bads. We've we've had, um, we're an agile shop. We do three-week sprints. And basically, we've been an agile shop with three-week sprints. It allows us to fail fast or be successful fast. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you look at um, um, this marketplace, again, it's all about what the u- what the user wants. It, you know, at the end of the day, the carrier is trying to get more users, and that's where we have to focus. So, David, with everything that you um, have been putting into the platform and the tools recently, what do you think one of the most compelling um, 
pieces or parts are for a carrier that's going down this path for Operator Connect? Well, obviously, we've worked with a few different carriers at this point. So, and it's interesting, the needs are different. So some of them are looking for us to help them get consent to manage the tenant uh, access, as an example. Some have come to us and said, well, how do we, I talked about it earlier, the transaction, right? How do we, how do you win customers? And so the same with David, you know, can you give us advice on that direction? And I think few people have said it, even in the event yesterday, you should have a good, better, best strategy. You might have a good strategy that's going to win the market, make people sit up and think, oh my gosh, I can move away from this very expensive PBX and I can move to this space where it's less expensive, um, more agile, and I pay for what I use. That's the, maybe that's the way to attract the customer. Then the second option is maybe a bundled product where you see bundles today and usage practically being given away. And then the last, the uh, good, better, and best product is where you're running across a customer that has ATAs and different types of solutions oh, right. in order to provide that. Yeah. And while Operator Connect meets you know, a lot of them features and functionality, uh, direct routing or drive trunking also does. And I think the, the um, so our job is to help that carrier understand all of them pieces. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is really asking how you're going to market carrier. How are you going to win them? Right. So one is as a user. Now you're as talking I, my language. Right. <laughs> so as a user, we are brought up today. I'm a, I'm a massive Amazon buyer. Why? Because it's easy. Mm-hmm. If I get it wrong, I can return it. It's easy, 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 easy. It's not a great the solution, Amazon solution isn't necessarily the best solution in the world. There's actually better search engines and products out there, but their methodology is easy. So that's what we're all trained to do. Amazon's the biggest e-commerce company in the world now. So as users, everybody's heard about Amazon. Mm-hmm. So how do we now provide that same level of access to information and the ability to transact in our space? Well, that means then... Um, depending on the demographic of that person, some people like to buy online and they might buy online at nine o'clock at night. So you can't fall back and say, call me. Right. Unless you're, you know, you've got a 24 seven, you know, staff, uh, staff center. And so they might want to place an opportunity online or they might want to change their, um, their product. Mm-hmm. And um, so let me explain what I mean by that. I'm a, I have a cell phone clearly. And once in a while, I look at my plan to see if my plan meets my usage. Am I overpaying for my usage? Am I not using enough? Do I need to change my plan? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do that once in a while. One, it gives me some insight. It gives me a peace of mind that I'm right. I'm still running the right plan, the right program. Um, Well, if all of a sudden you have that same capability in the space that we're talking about, then you know, you're giving that access to that customer however they want to get to that information. So I think it's about simplicity and looking at the transaction, how you get that customer into your market. So in the information and interactions that you have with Microsoft and Zoom for uh, their requirements, the big document I Mm -hmm. always reference, are they focused on that as well? And are they giving direction for what the carrier needs to do in terms of the capabilities and what they have to deliver? Yes, they absolutely are. When I think OC first came out, it was less that. It was more of, hey, we've introduced the program. Let's just get a bunch of really 
big names in there. And what we're going to do is we're, we're going to launch the program. They've realized really quickly, just through some of the methodology, it was smart enough. Microsoft was very smart in regards to how do I get permission to access that tenant? And they were smart enough to say, um, we're going to track what customers do with you. Well, they came to the conclusion was customers would go to that particular tile, they'd click on that operator connect tile, and then they would land on a page that says, call me or give me some information or let me tell you about the program. Mm -hmm. And if you had a big enough opportunity, someone would call you. And if you didn't have a big enough opportunity, they wouldn't. And guess what? I understand why. You know, let's be honest. I mean, the market, the sweet spot today, if I had a pyramid and the pyramid this way, with the top accounts being enterprise, the big, big numbers, everybody goes after that top pyramid. Right. At the bottom is where all the, um, you know, customers that change, you know, small, you know, two free seat time of deals, the sweet spot's in the middle. And what they need to do is they need to be able to service them customers. And that could be mean that, that I'm taking an order for 25 seats. And at 25 seats, how much you make on 25 seats, unless you have a digital or some type of pro automation, you're going to lose money as soon as you pick up the phone. And so what was probably happening was these customers were coming across saying, oh, this is how many seats I want. This is the countries I want to be in. And they wouldn't get a call because it wasn't big enough. It was too small. Right. And so Microsoft said, oh, hang on a minute. This experience is not very good. So now they've changed it. They said, you know, what's your plan? They're going now to the operator and say, what is your strategy? How are you going to go to market? How are you going to digitize that? How are you going to automate that process to an onboarder customer that just wants to buy Operator Connect? And right. that's what's changed, right. which I think is great because it yeah. legitimizes the program. Because mm -hmm. to your point, Amazon would be completely different if they just had a staff of thousands of people taking phone calls as opposed to it being self-service, mm -hmm. right? So you're having to help the operators think a little bit differently than maybe they thought in the past where they're building for the masses to be self-serviced. Right. So, yeah. So again, it's how do you win the customer? Think about the user. How does the user want to do business? They want to pick up the phone um, if you're around, even if for five seats, they want to pick up the phone and talk to someone. Well, okay, well, you have to offer something. Maybe it's chat. Maybe it's a, a conversation through um, through the through the website, as an example. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to get instant gratification. How much is it going to cost? What questions do I need to ask in order to get a quote? And you've also got to think about the buying patterns. If they call you while your office is closed, what are you going to do? They want instant gratification. Customers today want instant gratification. And if you can't give it to them, you'll lose them. And so simple is, how do you go to market? And it kind of deals with that. And as the, my cell phone comment, how do you maintain them after the fact? Because it's easy to move. Easy to get them on, but then you're right. Just as hard to keep them. So, David, we've talked a lot about Microsoft and referencing the programs. Um, and I sometimes think we use that generically to represent different collaboration platforms. But I wanted to ask you specifically about Zoom because mm -hmm. our tool is designed to support multiple different collaboration platforms. On the back end, all the stuff that I don't see, is that a completely different stack in your gluing and bringing it all together? Mm -hmm. Or are you repurposing what was built for Microsoft for Zoom? And can you then 
use that again for WebEx, blue jeans, et cetera. Big I've, question there, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I, you know, we, obviously we try and use everything we possibly can um, within within reason, right? I think that's a, always a good strategy uh, to do that. But Zoom's connectivity is different than than Teams. Okay. Um, and their requirements are as strict as they were with Teams. I mean, Scipio went through hoops to certify, get certified from a security perspective, um, a network perspective, our tools, making sure we're pen testing, we're ma- making sure that we're reviewing our products all the time. And, you know, in both cases, Zoom and Microsoft were pretty tough cookies when it came to that stuff. In Zoom... Um, you know, they've got 40 da- 14 data centers. Um, or we're connected to 14 data centers. And, you know, we are absolutely connected to them, data centers, with redundancy and DR and everything else that goes with it in order to offer service down the pipe. Zoom's method in order to bring a number into their tenant is a little different than Microsoft too. And uh, it's very slick. I mean, it's very quick. Okay. Um, you know, there's no propagation. There's, you don't have to, when a customer clicks and says, I want to add this number into my Zoom environment, you can count to less than five and it's in there and it's available to be used. So the technology, um, in some cases, is a, is a lot easier. Um, very good product. Um, you know, the, the, as I alluded to at the beginning, how you go to market with Zoom versus Teams versus, you know, the other folks is really, you know, going to be different. However, from a back-end perspective, their uh, requirements were pretty as, as strict as it was with with teams, but they absolutely do connect differently. So do carriers have a different um, struggle or is because the requirements from teams and Zoom different dictate if they're going to go down one path or the other or or both? Do you see carriers struggling with that? Um, it's not about struggling. Okay. It's about spending the time, the money, the exercise in order to do it without understanding what you're going to get out of it, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the massive problem today. I mean, um, when we, for example, Scipio, we came out of a program saying, hey, listen, if you have some kind of, if you're going to commit to us, we'll do all this stuff for you. And, you know, we'll help you here, help you there, and help you over, everywhere. What we came to the conclusion fairly quickly is that a lot of these carriers know they have to go down this path but they can't predict what it's going to do. Right. Right. And so when they say, who do I connect to? They're going to back the horses, if you will. I think the UC, think, think of the UC as horses. They're going to back the horses that ultimately are going to help them win the day. Mm-hmm. But they know that customers want all of it. You know, we have customers today that have OC, Teams, direct routing, or drive trunking, and they have Zoom, all in their own environment. Right. Plus, they probably have an old PBX laying around oh, yeah, somewhere. Oh, yeah, they do. ATAs. Plus, something else in the closet. LAM systems. <laughs> right. Analog, you know, goes on. Mm-hmm. So the problem thing being is, and these are companies that have bought multiple other companies and never built the synergies in between. So they're dealing with multiple different organizations within one organization, an umbrella organization. And so, again, it's like, you know, how do you service them customers? Not be a, You can't be everything to everybody, you know. You've got to have a strategy, as I think, as any organization, including a carrier, is going after the majority, not the minority. Sure. And the minority might be done manually and might need a phone call. But if you can deal with the majority, then you're ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. And is Zoom having a similar focus on the transact piece, the same way that you described Microsoft is? 
the thing about Zoom is that uh, they go to market strategies that are very different from teams. Teams that are very mature in the channel. Um, they uh, they enable people to sell their product. So if I'm a, a reseller, as an example, and I want to, uh, I sell I sell Office 365, uh, the next normal transition would be to sell, add teams to that. Okay. So when you're talking with their technical teams and their development teams and their security teams and going through all the things that you have to go through to get certified, are the people that you're working with understanding that go to market and it's in the back of their mind as you're going through the check boxes that you're building to meet those goals? Um, I, I've run across both. Okay. Okay. So you know, I've run across the leadership where it is for of where where do we go with this strategy, and the the questions like have you thought of this, have you thought of that, and they definitely have a a good answer saying yes, this is how we're going to go to market with it because I don't think one works with the other. You, you otherwise you have that strategy where you build in a a green field and hope they come mm-hmm. right that baseball game you know that that uh, thing that, that movie that came out Greenfield or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's the issue. There's a lot of that going on. And so I, but then I come across folks that have a technical twist. They want to do something the way they want to do it, or what they know. And it's my, our job to advise them differently. Mm. And I say advice, you know, we've had to say no. We've said no, I would say as many times as we've said yes. And it's just because, um, you know, maybe that person's been, or them, that company's been in that position for a long time. They want to, as I've said, reuse that wooden wheel to, to drive the business. And, you know, the fact is they just cannot do it. And so you have to say no, because it's just going to, you know, cause more work than, than it's worth. And there isn't return on that investment. They're going to build the green field and no one will come. So I think you've got both, to be honest with Don Marie. Um, I think that um, uh, there's businesses out there today that uh, um, they know that the pressure of going down this uh, path is more serious than, than not. They've got to reinvent themselves. And I would say over the last little while, I would say there's been a lot more positive around, okay, how do we do this? How do we go to market? What things do you advise us to do? And they've, they've taken the advice. Listen, I'm, we're not always right either. We're, we're given a direction, directionally, which way this should be going. Sure. They've still got to figure some of that stuff out. Okay. So good time spent here today, um, learning a little bit more about how you think about it from your perspective. It's interesting how much aligns, um, which you would think it would with our overall strategy, but you and I don't necessarily sit down like this very often and, and talk about the big picture. Um, but where do you see this going and where do you see Scipio going? Like, let's say we get everybody in the world on, on the platform and either it's a zoom or teams or, a, or a WebEx what's next. Well, I've, you know, we're, we're in a uh, excellent conference yesterday, and you know, one of the first day, um, one of the first sessions where they had a bunch of the panelists up there. One of the gentlemen on the panel uh, said it very well. We can't be everything to everybody, and we have to be very careful about, as a company, uh, the direction we go in and how what business we want to win. You know, we don't need necessarily to add all the flavors of the of the rainbow, if you will, to our program. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to continue to service the majority and the minority while will help, it might not be the direction we need to go in. So where, where do I think the market's going right now? There is so much opportunity in this space, you know, um, 
we uh, yesterday at the event we were given some stats, some numbers of 15 million seats. Well, think just close your eyes for a second. Think about how many people use Office, and you think 15 million. You think, wow, yeah, that's like 300 nothing. million. Plus, I mean, it's crazy, or more than that. Yeah. Way more, right? So the the point being is, there's so much opportunity to be had. Um, you know, yes, um, UC and Teams and and Zoom and and Cisco have definitely changed how people should communicate. Um, I personally love it. I live in the US now. I have family, mum, dad lives in in, uh, in uh, England, and I talk to them all the time over video conferencing. It's allowed the world to be a little smaller, and this is some of the technology. So I'm happy I'm in this in this space. Um, but the, really, where the market's going is first thing for me is how do I make what we have even Slicker, easier, um, enabling more and more MSPs, carriers, partners, uh, companies that want to um, sell into this space. Um, and I say sell into the space. We don't sell direct. We only sell through partners. Um, and that's that my first goal in order yeah. to get half the fair share of business out there in the marketplace. The second thing is, as things like ChatGTP comes out, which is a really cool product, um, you know, it's taken the world by storm and it's, I play with it all the time. I think it's pretty damn cool. You told me a funny story earlier. Yeah. It's going to divert for a second, but tell me the most unusual thing that you, that your friend used it for. Yeah, I think, um, so a friend of mine, um, was, uh, is, he was getting married and he was thinking about the speech or what he was going to come up with. And so he put in the words of the of his loved one, um, the family, and everything else, and it pumped out a speech. And I, I, I said, to so him, he's to, writing his vows with a yeah kind of thing, yeah, with that a, type of thing with a bot, right? <laughs> it was pretty good, I gotta say. Um, you know, and he ran it again. It was a little different. He ran it again. It was a little different. But there were some nuances in there to say that it was uh, driven from a from a bot. Um, but it, it gave him enough context in there that he could write his own. And okay. I think that, but it was just really kind of interesting um, how he, how he did that. And I thought, wow, that's kind of a, a cop out, but he was having a hard time with it. He was having a hard time. I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, he'd been spent hours and hours and hours on it with words he wanted to address and bring up to the family, talk about the parents, talk about different things. Mm. And uh, he just couldn't get to it. So it helped him. So what do you um, see people doing with that type of technology with voice? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, I ran it. I, I came to um, London and I booked a, um, a room um, in London and it was, it unfortunately got messed up a little bit. So when I went onto the, um, onto the website um, to, to try and sort it out, it was definitely a bot talking to me. And so I asked questions, asked me, are you talking about this, this, and this? I said this. And it gave me a great answer. It, it, it made me feel better about and that, what I had to do next. So I think chat AI uh, definitely is, I mean, it's the way of the future. And it really is trying to understand what, how you're going to use it to better your organization. You can also get you into a lot of trouble too. So sure. I think, my, as my mom would say, everything with a pinch of salt. It's listening all the time. Right. Okay. So it'll be interesting to compare notes in the future and see what happened with all that. There's probably things we haven't even dreamt up that yeah. come yeah. down the, the I've, pike. 
I would say that there's more consol- I think there's cons- consolidation to be had in the marketplace, but I think that's been a very consistent strategy for the last little while. Consolidation um, as companies come up with new technologies. You know, when I reminisce into the into the past, Beta versus VHS as an example. Beta was actually a better product. VHS was just better well-known and it won the day. And I think there's going to be still more of that. The best doesn't always win. That's right. So, David, thank you for all of that. It's interesting to sit down with you in a professional setting and compare notes. But one of the things um, that... I asked about at the beginning, I want to cycle back to at the end here is to tell us a little bit more about the team, like all the people I never see because they're somewhere else. Tell us about them and, and how you manage them and prioritize some of the focus and the work that, that they do every day. Uh, You know, I came from a very large company before I came to Scipio, which uh, people had very specific jobs, and they, as long as they did job that job very well, um, they weren't, you know, they they were at the company. What I found over at Scipio um, is that we have a bunch of really smart cookies, you know, mm-hmm. really great people, and um, directionally, I look to lead them in a way that they make their own decisions and choices. Ninety nine percent of the time, they're right. Okay. I've engineering. My engineering team are think differently than I do. My project management team think differently than I do. Operational team think differently than I do. And so I don't sit here think everything I've talked about today. A lot of that education and knowledge probably came from that team and talking to customers. I mean, how do you how do you become who you are? Well, it's from learning and listening from other people. And so I am blessed with a very good team. Um, I lean on them all the time. They provide me advice. They come to me with issues and, resol- and problems. We, we work out together how the best to solve that. So between, you know, engineering um, or whether it be operations or whether it be product development or infrastructure, um, uh, they're, you know, a b- bunch of rock stars as far as I'm concerned. Um, yep. I couldn't ask for a better group. Okay, so I just envision all these magicians behind... They've all got the tri- they've all got tricks, that's for <laughs> So thank you for going through all of that. What I'm interested in next is can you show it to me? Oh, I'd love to. I think that uh, the proof's in the pudding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we all live by these analogies, how you brought up, but uh, I would love to show you because I think that's ultimately what we do to the carrier. We can tell a carrier, we can tell a customer what we can do, but the proof is really in showing them what it does yeah. live. Right. Because I think sometimes it's hard for people to visualize it yes. if they don't see it. We're all visual people with our apps and our phones yes. and all that today. Okay. So I'll invite you back. I don't know if we'll be in London the next time, but we're live here today. But next time we'll do the demos and get into the tools and the application. You got it. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.